The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, in this special gathering, James challenges us to make a difference in the world and start living amazed. So please know, we can come together, have fellowship, and supernaturally become one. Ask God to give you the opportunity to be one who inspires, encourages supernatural unity. It is such a joy to welcome you to life today. I'm Betty and I are just thrilled to be here. I'm James Robinson. You know, years ago, Betty, God uh, led me and, and I was doing the Crusades, the Coliseums, football stadiums, and the Lord led me to become a servant spokesman to serve other ministries. But one of the things he said, Betty, that was so clear, and I want to be sure you hear this. He said, I want you to call the family in the family room and help them get to know the Father. Well, we've been doing that for so many years with many guests who talk about the incredible transformation that God's redemptive work accomplished in them. And we've helped them in all their ministries, and we'll continue to do that. But God really put it on my heart when the book Living Amazed went out that it is amazing that I would live amazed. I'm the least likely. Uh, when you consider my background, and here's the thing, if God can use me and I live amazed and see an amazing impact on people's lives. With divine encounters, you can too. So the Lord led us just to call a family share time here. Real special emphasis right now on how everyone, you, can live amazed in His presence. I think you're gonna really be blessed by what we're sharing. Thank you for watching. Boy, y'all are great. I tell you what, now you see, you, you just kind of listen here, you know, you got like a little habit. I'm James Robinson, just glad to be with you. We're talking about living amazed. And uh, you know, you're gonna be a half hour. These folks have been here forever. I mean, they're gonna be here like for days. We locked the doors, we got cots. <laughs> no, they really don't wanna leave. We're just here in the presence of the Lord and we're inviting you in. Now, I, I'm teaching on living amazed because that's how the Christians are supposed to live. You read those first four chapters of Acts and we're going to get to it. Now you got to remember something. When I start going scripture by scripture, we're going to be in trouble because I can preach 10 minutes on a period. Okay, you got that? <laughs> so we'll be here a while. Here's the deal. We're going to do that and, and man, I mean, it may be for weeks and you, you don't even want to turn on. Look, Wednesday's in the Word. Sheila's there. Sheila Walsh, she's going to bless you. Got your Bible, your notes, but you need to get them every day. Even if we have a guest, the guest is going to be coming in and show you how we live amazed because God wants you to live amazed. He doesn't want you to watch people live amazed. He doesn't want you just to get your Bible and read about people living amazed. He doesn't even want you to carry the Word in this binder. He wants you to get the Word in this binder. And then He not only wants you to have the Word in this binder, He wants you to start writing epistles. You see, you write epistles, you write testimonies of truth of the transforming power of God in the fleshly tables of men's heart. That's what Paul said. So you write everybody a letter. By the way, when you witness for Christ, when you witness for Christ, the effectiveness is not just your testimony, but the real power for deliverance and life and fullness and freedom is the word of 
his testimony. The word of his testimony is here. So every time you read a verse, see, look at I'm marked up in here. This is Betty's Bible. I borrowed hers because mine, the pages are falling out. And it's been rebound once. You say, well, why don't you get you a new Bible? I got a bunch of them. But when you studied for hours, you'll remember where a verse is on the spot in the page. If you can't remember the exact chapter and verse, you remember the spot in the chapter. And you go to that spot and you find it. So that's the reason I bring this. So we've got the Word of God that we're going to be getting into continually over the next week. So when you watch life today, get your notepad. Matter of fact, we've given all the people here, and you can get them. It's the Amazed Journal. Y'all have it out here? And they're taking notes. And then we've given them a lot of Bible study passages about their relationship with the Father that we'll pass on to you. I really believe I need to mention this. I kind of referred to them the first time we started this series. Seated next to Betty Sheila Walsh. And then seated next to Sheila Walsh is Dudley Hall. And I got to say, Dudley, you're just outmatched to the ladies because you got these two ladies and then you got your wife, Betsy, sitting down here on the end. Now, this is Betsy right down here on the other side of Betty. And she is absolutely precious. She just won a tremendous battle, praise God, against the disease that horrifies people. And Betsy, we're so, we love you so. And you know what I watch you do from the time I've known you? Even while you were fighting your battle, you were spending most of your time trying to comfort people in their battle. Isn't that beautiful when you can do that? When you have your own plate full and you notice somebody else with a need. All right, let me tell you why these three are here together, Betty and uh, Sheila and Dudley. In, in the Corinthian letter, chapter 14, I believe it's the first Corinthian letter, 14, or is it second? Which is it, Dudley? You're the Bible student. <laughs> See, first first one is, first it's first and 14 where he talks about yep. spiritual gifts and he says, I wish you'd all prophesy. Now that doesn't mean tell the future. That doesn't mean necessarily be a prophet. You know, he says, I, I wish that you would all prophesy. He said, I'd be glad like wish all you spoke in tongues, but I'd rather you all prophesy. Does that mean everybody, the whole church full of all the prophets? Prophesying, and I really believe this, I believe prophesying is speaking words of life. Now it can be predictions, uh, but it's always instructive, it's always redemptive, even when it's exposing problems that need to be corrected. But when you prophesy, if you're all gonna prophesy, it means you open your mouth, words of life come out. Let me give you an example. You're headed home and the wife says, uh, you need to be real careful, honey, you're not paying attention. That's prophecy, isn't it, Betty? <laughs> Now, Betty says, I say, why are you over here, you know, back seat driving? I mean, you front seat drive over here on the right. And she said, because it's a matter of survival. That's right. Definitely. So she's helping. You know what she's speaking? Cut it any way you want to slice it. She's not nagging. She's speaking life. Let me tell, tell you kids something. You go out on a date. Mom or dad says, hey, you need to be careful. You need to remember who's there with you. That's prophecy. A kid goes off to drive somewhere and dad or mom says, hey, keep your eyes on the road. That's life. And you know what? When you reject words of life, often what comes is death. Be real careful. Dudley, you, these three people sitting here, I've asked to kind of fill where the 14th chapter goes on to talk about if someone is speaking and someone is seated and they hear the Lord, then let the one who's speaking honor that person and listen to them. I've told Sheila and Dudley and Betty, if God speaks to you at any moment something you want to expand, 
you want to clarify, you want to, you know, let's say, reach beyond where I did and, and make a stronger point, or even correction, explanation, feel free to do it. Now, I know, and I understand it, not many people will be comfortable doing that in your church, and I suggest you don't do it. Because unless you know the people, I tell you who's going to do most of the talking out in the crowd, the devil. Through whatever little instrument he can get, and he'll start spouting off his stuff. So when Paul was talking in the New Testament church, he understood that they understood the recognition of spiritual gifting and gifts. All right? Dudley, you said you wanted to add something when we were talking the other day uh, in another earlier program about something related to the father and the family. Expand on that, would you? Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, let me just say in regard to what you just said, one of the reasons we can do that in this atmosphere is because this is a family meeting. And in a family meeting, uh, everybody in the family can speak. Uh, you can't do it in, some, sudden, in cer certain formal meetings, but we're able to do that here and recognize the different giftings. Uh, but a few days ago, you mentioned um, and did a very good job. I'm giving you an attaboy on that. Thank you. You did a good job <laughs> on talking about how, how all of us are valuable to God and uh, you're not the only chosen one and it's not just the elite that are chosen. But sometimes uh, I, I notice that people get to thinking since you're the preacher or I'm the preacher or whatever, they, uh, our illustrations are, okay, God chose me and so therefore I spoke to people or I witnessed to people or I ministered to people or whatever. And they're thinking, you know, I, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not a minister and I don't have a lot of money that I can support uh, ministries. I do all I can, but what about me? Am I just kind of second class because I'm working in the secular world? And I'm just going to say that some of the most influential people in my life have, have been folk who weren't ministers. They were special though. One's my dad. And then another lady that used to uh, ride with us to church. She was a widow, never learned to drive, and lived on the way to the little country church that my family and I went to. And we would stop and pick her up and give her a ride to church. She never did anything really all that spectacular, except that every time we'd pick her up, I'd get out open the door for her, help her in, and when we took her back home, I'd help her get through her gate. And every time, she would pat me on the head and say, I'm praying the Lord will call you to preach. <laughs> and every time, I got in the car and said, God, don't listen. <laughs> but that lady had a fantastic impact yes. in my life. And that preacher man over there isn't anybody that's touched this preacher's life any more than that one. Dudley has been, in many instances, the brother on the scene, and many times, although younger than me, a few years, he has been a father figure. And you have really, really blessed me. In the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus is praying for the Father to keep us in the center of his will. And uh, in verse 11, he emphasizes that. And then he talks about uh, the word that he's given us in verse 14. And because he's put his truth in us, the world 
and those controlled by the spirit of the world and the spirit of deception will hate them because they hold truth and light. And people who love, who do love darkness rather than light, it's because their deeds are evil. They're not of this world, the believers aren't, even as I'm not of the world. Therefore, I, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. So sanctify them in truth. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. That's why it's going to be so important for you to stay in the word. Now, I want to, I want to reference something about Jesus sending us out into this world of evil. He put it in these very succinct terms to those who understood sheep and shepherding and the agrarian world in which Jesus lived. And we don't know enough about the fields of opportunity and the fields of labor that bring forth fruit. Jesus said, I'm sending you, and I want you to get this, I'm sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now here's the problem. Many people seem to assume that he sent us into such a dangerous realm and that we're it's impossible to make it. Jesus said, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. He didn't say, I send you to the slaughter. He said, I'm sending you under the watch care of the ultimate shepherd, the Lord who is our shepherd. And I will not want, he is the sufficiency and the adequacy for me. He will take care of me. He will lead us to green pastures. What does that mean to those of you who don't live in a farm community? A green pasture is a fertile pasture. It's a productive pasture. He will lead you to fields of opportunity. That is what our nation's crying out for. No president, no Congress can actually give us that with the sufficiency God offers it. And if our leaders would listen to that counsel, they would be able to indeed open up again the fields of opportunity. Because if they will listen to the Lord who is our shepherd and the wisdom that's freely offered from above to all who will ask and receive, he can lead us into the fields of opportunity to be productive and create meaningful fruit that meets needs one thought could never be met. But as Jay Richards, who's here tonight and who co-authored Indivisible with me, Jay Richards said one of the most powerful sentences I've ever heard in my life, there is not a challenge, there's not a problem that man, people, created in the image of God cannot meet, not one. The United States does not face a single challenge or issue that people created in the image of God can't deal with effectively. If we would begin to trust this God, the God of nature, the God of creation, he will reveal to us the solutions to the multiple multitude of problems we face. Please pray for that to happen. I think the stage is set for it to happen. Pray for our leaders to begin to have the heart of the father for the whole family and understand that the guidance we need comes from God. Only God can make America great. Now, in this 17th chapter, this is absolutely one of the most important parts of Jesus' prayer. He's prayed that we will be sanctified in truth, in the word, and then he's praying not only for those with him, but in verse 20, not for these alone, but for those who believe in me through the word, through the testimony, through the gospel, through the message they left, through the message that's delivered beginning with them in the New Testament church. He's praying for us. And look what he's praying, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may know that you sent me.
and the glory which you've given me, I've given to them that they may be what? One, just as we are one, I in them, thou in me, that they would be perfected in unity and the world would know you sent me and love them even as you love me. And boy, Sheila nailed that great love that he loves us. The other day she commented on this. He loves us just as he loves the son. But now look at this miracle. Jesus is praying for a supernatural oneness. It's not only possible, it's important. Jesus prayed for it. I believe we can be one. I don't think any of you here in this room, and I don't think any of you out there, if you walked in here and we sat down together, we might find some points at where we differed. But if you understand what the Bible says in these wise words, iron sharpens iron, if you know what that implies, if you've ever seen a knife blade sharpened, it takes friction, but it takes friction at an angle. And the keener the angle and the more frequently the oil, the sharper the edge. You don't sharpen it like this. That's how most leaders come together. That's how Congress comes together. Both sides go away dull. That's how most church leaders come together. Iron sharpens iron. If I sat down with you, and I'm going to tell you something, I won't compromise the Word of God. If you see it from a different angle, I'm going to seek to not only hear your heart in it, but His. And I'm going to say, let's both of us learn. And you say, what if you meet an impasse? Same way you're married. You're in covenant relationship. You don't split. You don't get a divorce. The rapid divorces that are occurring are occurring because Christians have decided to split up in all their fellowships, including their leadership, every time they disagree. So if you have a disagreement, you just split. It's sheer nonsense. It's a clenched fist in the face of a holy God. It's breaking covenant, and it is destroying relationships and destroying the effective ministry of the church. So please know, we can come together, have fellowship, and supernaturally become one. Ask God to give you the opportunity to be one who inspires, encourages supernatural unity because the unity he prays for is supernatural. Father, let us see it in our day. Father, we ask you to answer our prayers. Let me just say we would like to be an answer to your prayers, Jesus. So let us see it in our day, in Jesus' name. When the church comes together, not in sameness, but supernatural unity, we will see the beginning of perhaps the greatest awakening in human history. We need it. Christ in us is hope of glory. His glory in us is the hope for that supernatural unity to take place in our lifetime. I don't think there's any question you're being blessed as were all the people that fill this studio and we're going to be communicating uh, like this with you for the next many days and weeks, uh, really uh, throughout the year. Uh, you're going to learn what it is uh, to live in the powerful presence and the divine enabling, the anointing of God, which is for everyone and, and you can live amazed. Uh, you're going to see very clearly which father people are following and what spirit is controlling them. Uh, also, what spirit is controlling the world? Which father do people follow? The father of lies or the father of life and truth and freedom? What spirit? The spirit of dissension, strife, 
division and destruction and even death or the spirit of life and love and peace and joy and all the fruit of the spirit. You're going to learn that very, very clearly. Now, here's the thing that happens in the life of a person who's being controlled by God. We want to release his life and his love to people all over the world. Not just talk about it, but in action indeed. And this is an opportunity we have right now to put love in action and see lives totally changed by the power of that love. And I know, I believe with all my heart, you're going to be excited to participate in it, to release the love of God in a way no one can deny that gives life. Watch closely. War and conflict are predominant in the short history of the world's newest country, South Sudan. Villages are routinely attacked. Innocent families flee for their lives as their meager homes are burned to the ground. Those lucky enough to survive the ambushes have nothing but the clothes on their backs as they wander in search of safety. Parents are desperate to find food sources for their children and often go without so their children can go to bed with a little food in their stomachs. As the years pass, surviving family members band together and do whatever they can to survive. In 2015, the Life Outreach Mission partners working in South Sudan met one such family. Leek, along with his father, grandmother, and older sister Nayagut, were living under this tree. The family's main source of food was the wild fruit growing in the tree. As the fruit from the lower branches was depleted, Nayagut began climbing the tree, higher and higher as needed. She bravely and sacrificially tried her best to provide for Leek and her family. Recently, the missionaries returned to that tree and sought out Leek, Nayagut, and the rest of their family. Although they now had a simple hut to sleep in, heartbreak and tragedy still plague this family. Nayagut had passed away a couple of months prior, most likely as the result of malnutrition. Leek says he misses his sister, and the mission team was heartbroken by the pain and hopelessness evident in his eyes. As famine and starvation sweep across South Sudan, families such as these fear for their future. The grip of this crisis is tightest on the children. Leek and many other children just like him need food, and they need it now. That is so powerful and so true. Betty, we have to have the love not only of that little girl, his sister, that precious daughter, but the love of Jesus that put him on a cross. Did you know she was climbing through long thorns? Very dangerous to get up there. You have to wonder if she may not have actually been giving her very life, trying to keep the rest of the family alive. Her brother was actually wearing his sister's dress there at the end. And you know what we can do? And I believe every one of you watching me right now are gonna to wanna to do this. We can express the love that she was sharing, gave her life, because we have a Savior who gave his life to give us life. And the life that he gave us is to flow like a river of love all over this world. That's the power of the good news of the gospel. So it's not in word only, but in demonstration. Would you please right now give that family and thousands, we found 400,000 in similar situations 
There are 20 million people right now, the largest number in history, the UN says, facing starvation. We can't touch all of them, but each one of us can touch some. 30, 50, or $100 enables us to touch three, five, or 10 children with the love of God and give them a chance at life. Would you right now go online? Would you dial that number, please? Would you say, I'm gonna help save the lives of 10 or five or three? There's a level you can help us with. Some of you will want to sponsor a school. Once we get them stabilized, we start feeding them at school so we can help train their little minds and give them a great future. Love changes everything. But God is looking at a vessel through whom he flows that love. You are one. Would you release it right now? We have some gifts to bless you. But you're going to be sharing the greatest gift, the life and love that God offers through us. Please go online or dial the number. Make the gift God puts on your heart. And thank you for doing it. In impoverished and even now famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is ready. With your support, we're able to feed and care for children in famine areas of Sudan, as well as Angola and Mozambique. With all of our previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding facing the worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you my Daily Word devotional. This box set of four seasonal devotionals will help you read, reflect, and renew yourself through God's Word with space to journal your thoughts and reflect each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive Carrie Job's newest music project, The Garden, along with the Story Behind the Garden companion DVD. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Determined Eagle, our 2017 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. You are going to be greatly blessed by Carrie Job's incredible music, The Garden, The Daily Word, Seasonal Devotionals, just to get you in the Word and the Word in you, which is what we're doing with the Living Amazed Sharing, which is going to go on for many days and weeks. If you'd like to have the book, Living Amazed, because God wants us all to live in His amazing grace and His supernatural enabling. All of us can. So if you'd like to have it, say, James, I'm going to share love. Would you mind sending me a copy of that book? Because I do want to live amazed. Well, Betty and I say thank you for joining. And thank you so much for sharing life. Tell your friends to watch life today. I think they're going to begin to grow in grace and knowledge, love and truth, even as they watch life today. God bless you.
I wish I could do more for Life Outreach International, but I'm saving for retirement. We have a plan that can help you do both. Contact Life Planning Services today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.